Our scripture this morning is taken from John 2, verses 17 through 27. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Have you ever banged your head against the wall? When was the last time you banged your head against the wall? You know it is no chance. It has no chance. It is impossible, but you just keep on trying. We have some of those walls. And why did you bang your head against the wall? Everyone has their own wall. They bang their head. But there's one wall we all share. We bang against it, but there's no chance to get over our death. No matter what, who you are, no matter how, what age you are, no matter how you rich you are, no one is able to conquer the death, right? Hmm? Right. Thank you. So, Lazarus was very sick. And he was dying. Lazarus was one of the best friends of Jesus. So his sisters, Mary and Martha, sent a messenger to Jesus and said, Lord, whom you love is ill, very ill, is almost dead. They desperately wanted Jesus come right away and heal him. They were banging their heads against the wall. But Jesus, the best friend to Lazarus, didn't come right away. He intentionally delayed two more days 
at where he was. And he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. So that the Son of Man, Son of God, may be glorified through it. It's puzzling words, he said. But meantime, Lazarus died, as we know. What did Jesus mean by death and glory and life? Jesus has different definition of death and life and glory. Death is eternal separation from God. Not physical death. His life is joined with God, who is eternal. Not extension of time with the vital signs. And the glory is transformation of a person from eternal death to eternal life. Not from our life, physical life, to physical time of life. It is transformation from mortal to immortal. And this glory is through Jesus Christ. His death. And Jesus will complete his mission, this transformation, by returning to God, who sent him. And this death, Lazarus' death, led Jesus' death. Next slide, please. Because Lazarus lived in Bethany, which was very close to Jerusalem, just two miles off. So, after two days' delay, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go, let's go to Judea. So Judea is more of a, like, county, and Jerusalem is in the county, Judea county. So when he said, let's go to Judea again, disciples were very concerned. They said, Rabbi, the Jews, the Jews mean the authority and the religious leaders, high priests and all, Sadducees. The Jews were just now seeking to stone you, kill you. And are you going again? Jesus was the most wanted by the authority, and he is going there. Even though he said this death will not lead Lazarus to death, 
So everyone, disciples were confused. And their ominous hunch turned out right. Reality. Jesus went to Jerusalem this time, and he died, arrested and died. Because Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. And so many people, because it was a time of Passover, so many people witnessed the resurrection of Lazarus. And the popularity of Jesus become more overwhelming. So for the Jews, the authority and the religious leaders, so fearful. Jesus became a huge threat for the system, Judaism. Next slide, please. So when Jesus came to Bethany, Martha, his sister, came out and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Martha had no expectation for her brother to come back to life, but she would just accept the reality. We know our brother will be in heaven. And one day we will meet again. So we will just accept the reality. So just comfort us. That was Martha's attitude. That was her faith. What about our faith? When your loved one passed. What is our faith when we're facing death? How many times we say the same, if Jesus had been here, if God had been here, then we just accept the reality. We, because we wanted God to fix our problem, but if God doesn't fix our problem, then we'll, well, just accept. And we just rationalize it or generalize it. Well, it is what it is. Isn't it? And, but this is a one-way communication with God, isn't it? We just demand, we just demand God to do our will, my way, in my time. And if God, God doesn't obey my will, then we just disconnect God. But God wants us two ways. Two-way communication. God wants communion with us. Relationship with us. He speaks to us. He listens. He wanted to speak 
to him too. Listen and speak each other. God wants communion with us, relationship with us. More than just, just relationship, more very intimate, very close relationship with us. Because our life is depending on God, right? Do you listen to God? Do you listen to God? Or do you just just speak to God and waiting for his answer? Next slide, please. So Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. It's been four days in the desert. It just you can even smell the dead body decaying in the tomb. Nobody wants to bring the dead body outside, out of tomb. Right? It is impossible for Martha, for us. Right? That's a miracle. You don't see that miracle. Someone died and come back to life. You don't see that miracle often. Because we are limited in our reason, knowledge, intelligence, even in our dimension, the space where we are, we are limited. So we can't understand what Jesus is saying. So Martha tried to be nice to Jesus and said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Even in the presence of Jesus, very close friend, Martha, response was just rationalize it, generalize it. Maybe she's trying to say to Jesus, I have this faith. I have faith of our resurrection at the last day. Like we do. But she determined within her boundary. Actually, she, Martha, put God into her box, small box. So she sees God, interpret God, perceive God within the box. This is faith in Martha. This is not faith in God. If we believe in God, then we must believe in God, believe God in Kairos, the time of God. We must believe God in God's dimension, God's realm, where God can intervene always, anywhere, 
If we define God as omnipresent, omnipotent, right? But we try to put this omnipotent, omni, omnipresent God within my box here, right here. Within my experience, within my knowledge, in my theology, within my faith. Then we have no communion with God. We don't know God. People believe in Kronos, the time, our time, in our dimension, in our space, where we're stuck. Right? Can you go like five seconds earlier now? Hmm? Can anyone go to like five minutes later? We're just stuck here. We're just traveling this time one point to another without end. We're just stuck. That's our chronos, our time. And we perceive, interpret God in our chronos. And we cannot understand God. Maybe you heard about this saying, Carpe Diem. This ancient Roman poet, Horace, encouraged people to Carpe Diem, seize the day. Because we are stuck in the time. We can grab time. We can, we can steal time. So he encourages makes life extraordinary each day. That's all we can do. Because today will never come back. But we people believe in God. Believe God in Kairos. Make life glorious forever. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? We are living in Kairos, in God, time of God. Do you believe in this? If you don't believe in this, then you cannot receive communion. Because the communion is not just Pastor DJ just give it to you. Communion is, I'm just doing it for God, but actually the, we are going back to the upper room 2,000 years ago when Jesus distributed the communion. That's communion. Baptism too. I'm not baptizing your grand grandchildren. God is baptizing the baby. So we are in the Kairos, time of Kairos. Not our time. Do you believe this? Do you believe in God? Next slide, please. And this is, I just call it, absolute faith. Absolute faith. Absolute faith makes life as a word event. It's a theological term. Word event means when we face a situation and respond with the word of God, Faith in God, we make our life word event. If 
For example, when Moses encountered slavery of his people, agony and pain of his people, and he trusted God and brought them out of slavery, we call Exodus, that world event. What if Moses, well, I don't think so. I don't want to go back to Egypt. Maybe Pharaoh will put me into prison and executed me because of what I have done. And I am 80 years old. No way I can do that. Then that's not word event. It's just Moses' event. That word. And when David encountered Goliath, the giant, if David thinks, well, I'm just a small boy, I'm not even a soldier, I wouldn't fight this giant, then it would have been just David's event. But David believed, how dare you, giant? I believe the living God. Nobody knows about this living God, Yahweh, in the area. Goliath's God was famous, very powerful God. But then David had this passion in him, and he fought with the Goliath, and he defeated him. That word event. When we respond to our situation with the word of God and faith of God, we're making life world event. That's what we are called to do. In the world event, despair becomes hope. Sorrow becomes joy. An enemy becomes a friend. A beggar becomes a prince and princess. Life, my life, the physical, mortal life becomes the life in abundance with overwhelming joy of God. But when we face a situation with, and respond with our own words, on our interpretation, or our, our own reason, It is maybe faith. I just call it maybe, maybe, maybe faith. With the maybe faith, despair becomes sorrow. Sorrow becomes resentment. Resentment becomes hate and violence. And one enemy becomes many enemies. Born as a princess, but living as a beggar. That may be faith. Absolute faith gaze other people with the curve of the vision reflected by God. But maybe faith despises other people because their straight line of vision of other people, just reflection of their own and their others' brokenness. Next slide, please. So Jesus declared that this is a fifth uh, I am statement. I am the resurrection and the life. What does Jesus mean by that? It means Jesus is. Jesus himself is the incarnated reality of God 
eternal God himself incarnated, become flesh, become physical. It means that Jesus himself is eternal life. The life, the God himself, so nothing in this world, in Kronos, the mortals, able to take the life of Jesus. No one, nothing, can damage the life, the incarnated reality of God. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the resurrection and life. So Jesus himself is the life itself and the resurrection itself. So if we believe in Jesus, then we have this resurrection and the life, this mortal world never able to take away. So Apostle Paul confidently said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Faith in Christ Jesus means trusting buoyancy. The grace and love, the salvation, the unlimited responsibility for others. Faith in Christ, once again, faith in Christ is a trusting the buoyancy. Invisible power lift us. But faithless people trust the gravity, the sin, the flesh. The life required the vital signs, the sin, and condemnation. So they, faithless people, condemn, condemn themselves. Do you believe this? Next slide, please. So Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Jesus said? So next time you go to funeral, somebody's funeral, you hear this text a lot. This is what, I'm, what, you, what Jesus is saying. Believing in Jesus means alignment of a capacity you have. Jesus gave it to us by our faith, the buoyancy. You know, like, maybe you've seen this Grand Canyon somewhere on top of the, you know, you know, rock in the nest, eagle's nest. The mother eagle pushes off the eaglets off the cliff, hundreds of feet, right? And these eaglets falling down, down. And most of eaglets 
eventually flies. Because mother eagle knew they are now able to fly. That's why the mother eagle pushed them off the cliff. So those who, those eaglets who believe the mother and their capacity, they flew. They fly. But those eaglets who do not believe their mother and their capacity of flying, they will fall hit the bottom of the ground, and die. Living, that's living without Jesus. And his love and grace, it's eternal condemnation of themselves. Those Christians, they're living, but they're dead. They're dead. Next slide, please. It reminds me of one of my favorite movies, Braveheart. You know the movie. William Wallace fought for the independence of Scotland from England. But when he was arrested and about, he was about to be executed, the Princess of Wales came and asked Wallace to pledge his allegiance to the King of England to save his life. Then Wallace responded, If I swear to him, all that I am dead already. And he said, Every man dies. Not every man really lives. We are living. We think we are living but not really living if we are not joined with God. If we don't have this relationship with God, if we don't have this communion with God, listen to Him and speak to Him, listen to Him. Knowing His heart, seeing people with the reflection of others through God. If you're not joined with God, it's living without grace and love. Then there's no resurrected life. There's no resurrection and life in the person. Next slide, please. Can you believe, can you imagine... Thousands of people on board of these cruise ships and sailing into the ocean. How? Right? How can you confident, be confident in being on board the cruise ship and set sailing into the ocean for weeks? Why? How come? Because you trust the cruise company? Because you trust the captain and the crew? No. 
Because the buoyancy of the sheep. The buoyancy. Who made that? God created the power of buoyancy. We didn't make it. We cannot create buoyancy. Because we trust God, natural law, the power God created, we can onboard these sheep. Life is uh, like sailing into the ocean. And we are living every day like an ocean. Sometimes we have a storm, sometimes we have a calm ocean. We have uncertainty and dangerous situation everywhere. And how can we sailing into the ocean? What do we trust? Because we trust God, the buoyancy of God. Like Paul said, we can die, we can get cancer, we can get involved in a car accident. We can lose our house, we can lose your job, we can lose everything, but nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The life Jesus given to us. Not because God will protect our possessions, our fame, our, our status quo. Cool. Because the life, nothing can damage this life God given to us. So dear friends of Jesus, you are a friend of Jesus, like Lazarus. You are best friend of Jesus. Then there's one thing we do. If we believe in the buoyancy of God, we need to one thing. We should do. We should fill the ballast tank of this sheep. You know the ballast tank, the bottom of the sheep. They have to fill the ballast tank with, with water. So make it heavy. The bottom should be heavy so it doesn't tip over or sink. How? We have to increase our faith. It is a faith. The water we're filling in the ballast tank is a faith. Glorifying God. Saving people. Experiencing God through the ministry of church. So whenever Jesus asks, do you believe this? When these calamities come, when you have to bang your head against the wall, you can confidently say, yes, Lord, I believe. You are the Christ, the Son of God, who came into my life. And to the people in the world. That's why we are here in serving the Lord. So let's fill our ballast tank with faith. Amen.